Greetings, I am Dr. Edwards here once again for Lunch and Rant. Thank you so much for listening. I'm really happy to have you here. Um, I really appreciate all your comments and suggestions so far. So what are we gonna talk about today? Well, how about something I've had a lot of experience with lately, and that is people failing to pick the right hospital for their emergency. For a while now, community hospitals in particular have had a real problem with getting certain kinds of specialists in to take care of their patients. So for example, let's say that you have an upper GI bleed, meaning you are vomiting blood and you need a GI doctor. Well, specialists don't actually have to be on call at the hospitals that they operate in or perform procedures. So there are hospitals where you can show up vomiting up blood and there's no GI doctor there to help you. They will not admit you at that hospital because there's nobody to help them with your problem. So you have to be transferred to a place with a GI doctor. And you would think this would all be covered under EMTALA and which is uh, basically the Emergency Medicine Treatment Liability Act or something. But essentially what it says is if you show up at a hospital with an emergency, they need to stabilize you. Um, that's just the rules. You can't have an emergency department unless you're willing to accept all comers, whether or not they have insurance, whether or not you can solve their problem, you have to accept them in the emergency department. So we have somebody vomiting blood and they show up in our emergency department and we have a real problem because we then have to transfer them. and. Theoretically, other hospitals that happen to have GI specialists on call have to take them, but in reality, in practical terms, that is not at all true. Among other things, they can refuse on the basis of not having room. So they don't have a bed, they don't have capacity. And you might ask yourself, well, that doesn't make any sense. Isn't there an emergency department at that hospital? And the answer is usually, yes, there is an emergency department at that hospital. And you're like, well, why don't they just transfer to that emergency department? Well, that's an interesting question. So while that patient, we'll call him Gunther, while Gunther, who came in vomiting up blood, uh, has to be treated at our hospital, and had Gunther picked a better hospital with a GI specialist, and he'd come in vomiting up blood there, regardless of how full or busy the emergency department was, they'd still have to take him. But when he's coming from another hospital, even though he's vomiting blood, and if he doesn't get help with that, stopping that bleeding, he'll probably die. Nonetheless, they don't have to take our patient. Uh, now again, what does the law say? The law says if they have capacity, they have to take our patient, but they don't have to have capacity infrequently the way hospitals run, especially with emergency departments closing all over the place. They really are quite busy in the emergency department. It is very difficult for them to take the patient in the emergency department. And so what this means is patients with very serious problems that I cannot treat in my emergency department basically picked the wrong hospital to come to. And if they picked a better hospital, they'd be better off. I've had patients come in with problems like, let's say they had a problem with a big jaw infection and what they really need is a dentist or an oral maxillofacial surgeon. Well. I don't have one of those. In fact, pretty much none of the hospitals in the area I work have uh, oral maxillofacial surgeons or ENTs that are on call. So we have to transfer those people to somewhere else. And this somewhere else can be to a major city like Los Angeles, which is roughly two hours away, or 
weirdly Riverside and San Bernardino, which are not huge towns, in fact, smaller than the town I work in, but yet they, for some reason, could get ENT and, and OMFS specialists on call. And so frequently we have to transfer our patient hours away. And it's a weird kind of thing because it seems like the same hospitals are constantly accepting our patients. And what is the real difference there? Why are they accepting our patients and why are other hospitals not accepting our patients? I can't for 100% tell you why. I will tell you that when I am presented with a patient who is dying and needs a specialist that can be found at my hospital, I will not refuse them no matter how busy my emergency department is. In fact, quite recently, I had a patient uh, that I knew pretty well that was at another hospital clearly dying and he clearly needed the services that we had at our hospital. And in fact, he was so close to dying that he almost was essentially not stable for transport, meaning his blood pressure was pretty touchy, like he essentially could have coded and died on the transport. And in theory, we're not supposed to transport patients in that condition, but the fact is, if we didn't transport him, he was gonna die anyway. So our choice was have him maybe die on the way, to where he could get life-saving care or have him definitely die where he was. So I accepted that patient, um, even though I did not have enough nurses to take care of the patients I had in my emergency department. And I certainly did not have enough nurses to take care of him because he was going to take half of my available nurses. So a third if you count the charge nurse, meaning you're right, if you're, th if you're doing the math, I had three nurses, including the charge nurse, and that's not how many nurses, just in case you're wondering, are supposed to be staffing that particular emergency department. But the truth for me was, if I didn't take this man, he was going to die. He needed the service that we had at our hospital, and I felt like I really had no choice. I had no patients that were trying to die harder than he was. I had some that were trying to die, just not harder. So I took him and we were able to get him to the care he needed. But it was really difficult. It was really difficult to get that done. And I cannot tell you how many times I've had conversations with specialists where I'm basically begging them to take my patients and they're declining. Sometimes they decline in these big hospitals because they say, oh, you guys can take care of that patient there. And I, and I tell, you know, I try to tell them, hey, this is not the place, right? This is a tiny community hospital. We don't have all these specialties on call. And then my friends behind me will be, you know, my nurses and techs will be sitting there like making uh, noises and sounds like they're churning batter, butter and they're putting up log cabins, for, you know, for how I'm laying it down thick on how essentially basic our hospital is. But the reality is compared to these big city facilities, we are really basic. And while I can stabilize a patient for a while, in most cases, if they need to go to the OR emergently for something one of my surgeons can't take care of, then they need to go to the OR emergently. And there are cases where the patient's just gonna die if they don't go. And so I've actually had colleagues who've told me about cases where they were trying to get somebody, trying, begging to get somebody to take the patient and the specialist simply refused and the patient did in fact die. I, you know, I don't know what to say about that. I can tell you that general surgeons who are really supposed to be able to do just about anything, if not everything very well, are extremely hesitant to take on cases in the emergency department that they feel like they're not qualified to take or alternatively that are 
guaranteed to have a bad outcome. And why are they afraid to do that? Because they're gonna get sued, right? Patient dies on the table, they're gonna get sued because those patients don't know that surgeon, their family doesn't know that surgeon. And really what leads to malpractice suits is in many cases because there was a bad outcome and the people involved didn't like the doctor. If they like the doctor, they're much less likely to sue. That's just plain facts, folks. I wish it weren't. I wish it could be entirely based on the quality of our care. And I wish malpractice wasn't how we tried to ensure quality of our care because it's a terrible way. Um, you know, it, it relies on one, looking at bad outcomes, and two, having people who actually know nothing about medicine try to decide whether it was the doctor's fault based on testimony from two competing professional viewpoints that I guarantee you will be in line with whatever the particular lawyer that is paying them to be up there, whatever particular lawyer thinks that that should be, they'll get those viewpoints from some doctor somewhere because it's amazing what money will do. And I, I, don't, I don't want to imply that all doctors will lie. I'm just telling you there are some professional witnesses that are specialists and they will, how shall we put this, creatively interpret the evidence. Uh, an, adversar an adversarial process such as a lawsuit really isn't a great place for that. And also it's creating a problem. The other side of that problem I'd really like to address is what we've discussed before, which is burnout, which I like to call moral injury and exploitation. I saw a recent Samantha B episode, um, you know, Full Frontal, I don't know if you've watched it, she's very funny, but she was going on about how nurses, 25% of them admit to being burnt out or really exploited, and she was calling that a national emergency. And it is. Nurses are absolutely vital to what we do. And I could not do what I do without nurses. I've tried. In the Navy, frequently, I would have sick patients at sea, and I didn't have a nurse. And you know what? I'm a terrible nurse. So I'm just going to say right up, they do what they do much better than I do, just like I do what I do much better than they do. Um, that's the whole point of having nurses, is to do the things they're better at and let me do the things I'm better at. So a, a crisis where nurses are... 25% wanting to get out of clinical care is horrible. But guess what? More than 50% of doctors will admit to being quote unquote burnt out or wanting to get out of emergency care or medical care in general. Way more than 50% of emergency physicians. You think that this does not affect you, but I'm gonna tell you right now, it does. You may be the one who just picked the wrong hospital. Was you were vomiting up blood, you didn't call ahead to find out if your hospital has a GI doctor. Shame on you, because it's now your problem. As soon as you show up in my hospital, I have to try to solve this problem, but really, you're the one that's gonna die, so it's not actually my problem, even though I really do care about it, and I really don't want you to die. Nonetheless, because we have doctors that are, are just frightened by malpractice and are really so disheartened, so exploited that they really have a hard time bringing themselves to come beyond the concerns of the moment, people die. People die. We don't provide as good a care. We don't take the kinds of risks that we need to take to take care of patients. We don't take on the kind of responsibility that we need to take on where we could have bad outcomes in order to ensure better outcomes. I wish I could tell you folks that things are better or that they're gonna get better, but the truth is they're not, right? By the way, I just want you to know when that guy, when I accepted him to come to my emergency department from another emergency department, 
I didn't get paid for that. I innovated him and I stabilized him and I spent a lot of time on him, but I cannot get paid for anything but the intubation because he was transferring from one emergency department to the other. And even though that's standard, that's what always happens, emergency physicians can only get paid for one emergency visit per 24 hours. So I see a lot of patients I don't get paid for, not just the people who don't have insurance. Why is this a problem for you? Again, it comes down to, do you want your local emergency department to stay open? The better we get paid and reimbursed for having emergency departments, the more emergency departments there'll be, the more choice there'll be, and the more we'll be able to entice specialists to come be on call at our hospital. Because in many cases, specialists won't be on call unless they're paid by the hospital for being on call. So that's today's rant. Um, if you have questions about why it works this way and why you have to pick the right hospital when you're trying to die, please feel free to put them in the comments or send me an email or call me for that matter. If you think this is ridiculous and, and should be different, then by all means, blame the insurance companies and the malpractice lawyers because they're largely responsible for that mess and call your congressman email your congressman, write to your congressman and your senator and your state senators and ask why things work this way. Thanks so much for listening. Please come back again. I'm Dr. Edwards. This has been Lunch and Rant.